This is Ruin Willow with the Oh, fuck yeah, with Ruin Willow podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to talk to this person. It was an amazing DM I got from someone said, hey, would you like to have this person as a guest? And I was like, absolutely, I would. I would like to introduce you to Madam Bella. And she is of Bella's Hacienda Hacienda. I have a hard time saying that. Hacienda Ranch in Nevada. It is a premier legal brothel. And I'm so excited to talk with you, Madam Bella. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, yes, I'm Madam Bella of Bella's Hacienda Ranch in Wells, Nevada. And if anyone wants to look it up really quickly while they're listening, it's very simple. It's bellas.us, B-E-L-L-A-S.us. Very awesome. So people can find out where you are and what you do and what you offer just by checking out your website, correct? Correct. And then on Twitter, what's your, on Twitter, I should have wrote that down. Twitter is Bella's Hacienda, just B-L-L-A-S-H-A-C-I-E-N-D-A. Awesome. So tell us how you got started doing this and what you enjoy about it. I, I started out as basically the bookkeeper, and I was never really trained in bookkeeping, but my late husband really needed for me to step up, and it was at a time in Nevada's history when the bordello or brothel went from standing room only to hardly anyone in there, and it mm. was because of Interstate 80 opening, and Interstate 80 at every small town had a barricade at each side of the community. And so a person, you know, a traveler would get off at one end of town and get back on I-80 at the other end. Mm. And what it did was people didn't have to stop. So we had to reinvent ourselves. And of Mm. course, then the money was going away quickly. And so he said, look, I need your help. You've got to step up. I I have no idea what I'm doing. And I said, neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and so, you know, the best way really is to to look at what it costs to turn the key in the door Mm -hmm. and what it's really about. And I, you know, in the very beginning, I had uh, a restaurant and, and it was in an area of Nevada that that I'm going to say owners and madams of other brothels would would eat. They would eat at my restaurant. Okay, but that sure. didn't mean I knew anything about the business. I knew about yeah. restaurants. Mm-hmm. So it was, was something brand new. And of course, you know, having other people in charge of a brothel, and I was living across the state from the brothel, made mm-hmm. it more difficult just to get a handle on what needed to happen to to attract clients, guests. Yeah, I bet. But what do I like about it? <laughs> it has become being a madam, learning to be a madam, working with, I'm going to say, uh, gentlemen and ladies alike. Mm-hmm. I've I've become more of who I came to be. I was able to become someone that was non-judgmental and could mm-hmm. just see the best in people, even if it, if it was what they wanted to be and weren't there quite yet. Mm. So it's all this growth and this understanding of how fragile we are as yeah. people and how misunderstood our sensual, sexual appetites oh, yeah. really are. 
Mm, oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I have that on a total different level doing this podcast. I've become so, I mean, I wasn't a judgmental person to begin with, but now I'm even less judgmental. I've talked to so many people and yes, we are so hindered in our sexuality and sensuality, but talking to so many people who are more open, it's just, I feel like I've taken classes. You know what I mean? Like I have learned so much from all of these people. It's phenomenal. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And you know, you sound like you've been a similar journey where you've learned so much as well. I mean, probably even more than me, but I mean, wow. I mean, isn't that amazing? I believe it really is. I also have this idea that we came, you know, into this incarnation, if we want to call it that, as a person to understand what it's like to be able to love one another or touch one another, or mm -hmm. even all this hormonal, I'm going to say, the chemicals that get delivered mm. from our brain that mm. cause us to want another person. Mm. But if our mind is, let's say, half a bubble off a plum, or just mm. slightly warped, you know, mm -hmm. they don't know what to do with that. They don't know yeah. how to do it correctly, or how to be, I'm going to say, a good partner. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and we're not taught or it's not it's not conducive. Our culture is not conducive for us to do these things. We're just kind of like flailing. In fact, we're more restricted, so that makes it even worse. I believe it does. And and the 37 years that I've been madam of Ellis Hacienda Ranch, <laughs> that when when a guest walks through the door, mm. It might be the first and only time in their life that whatever their story is, whatever happened to them, mm. doesn't matter. Wow. And it all can be talked about openly, not their story, but that sensual, sexual part of why they walk through the door and they would like to have as their experience. How much, I'm going to say, money they would like to invest in this experience. Right. And it becomes a healing. And for, you know, whether it's couples or a woman or, or a gentleman, there are things that are important to those individuals to experience mm -hmm. how to do it safely. Yeah. Harm, mm -hmm. harm to none. No manipulation. Yeah. There's the key. That is the key. I mean, I never thought of that. It's like they're not, they're coming there and they're not going to get this manipulation that they might get from a relationship that they might be entwined in that maybe isn't healthy or just the, the whole cultural aspect of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find a lot of people are just, especially their first time, are they like just like terrified to walk in or do you find people more like determined? I'm going to do this. This is what I want. <laughs> that, you know, really well said. It, there's a pretty good split right there, you know, where they, they come in and they, they want to know. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side that comes in and they're, they're just, they're tentative. It's like, oh my God, do, how does this work? You know, how much money is it going to cost? Well, that's something that's better done in person mm -hmm. instead of with an email or a phone call, because so an experience I'm going to talk, I'm going to say logically discussed gets the truth out. Yeah. What, what mm -hmm. is, is it a quickie? Is right. it 
medium size experience that's let's just call it pretty normal. The quickie would really be kind of for the person on the go. I've just right. got to go. But this is really <laughs> important that I do this now. Mm-hmm. And then you right. have that, that what I call that, that upper end, which means it's a fantasy. And it's uh, a, mm-hmm. a kind of a bucket list, meaning this, it, whether it's multiple ladies, or an amount of time, or, you know, this, this almost like a, a short, cutting like a whole day out of your life of what you would have wanted mm. the experience in the bedroom to be. Mm. And how many people do you find like to come back? Or do you find a lot of people who are just like, I'm just doing this once. I just, you know, do you find a lot of people are, are returning? Is that a thing that, that happens frequently? Or do you get a lot of people who are, I'm doing this once and I'm not going to do it again, or I can't afford to do this again. I'm sure you probably get that wide range, but what's like the majority of people? I'm going to begin by saying that, excuse me, that Bella's is on the crossroads of two major highways. Mm. So thousands of people cross that intersection. So it's a destination. Mm. So that destination is twofold. That destination Mm -hmm. is I'm coming through. I'm going to do this. Right. I'm going to save up. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I'm going to make sure I've got cash, a credit card, ATM card, and that way I can customize my experience. Sure. The other part is, I'm going to say, um, individuals that are always through that crossroads so many times a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's that regular, I don't, I have no time for a relationship, this is how I'm going to choose to satisfy my humanness at this time in my life. So I like that phrase, satisfy my humanness. Yes, it's important to do it correctly. So when you look at, let's say, long haul truck drivers, Mm -hmm. let's say they can't even imagine sitting in a seat that many (laughs) hours a day, right? I know. But Mm -hmm. how do you fit a family in? How do you, you know, how do you have that safe relationship with someone when you might rarely be home yeah. or the, or the other people that they get into a relationship and they think, Oh, this is going to be great. And then they wind up in a, in a situation where they're, they could possibly split their stuff for the possibility of a relationship mm. because it just didn't quite work out. And then we have the youngsters nowadays. They have no intention of getting married. They just have yeah. children. They, you know, maybe winds up with the last name. And so they're sort of, they're dropping out of what I call the uh, government says you have to get married. Right. Yes. I know what you're saying. I do feel like a lot less people are like aiming to get married, that, that that's their, their goal. You know, like it's not as much of a goal as it used to be in our culture to seek that out and say this, you know, because like when I was growing up, was it, there was no question. You just you got married. And now it's different. It's not an assumed thing. And I guess they would say these individuals, it's non-essential. Right. They can do anything they want to mm-hmm. as as two solo individuals that can still choose to be together. Right. Yep. And then after, let's say, 10 years, mm-hmm. well, for heaven's sakes, you know, it, there's other laws that govern that. So I believe that, you know, being and this moves forward just a little bit with the same question, 
Mm-hmm. Bellas is very, very close to Utah. And mm-hmm. Idaho is becoming very quickly that way. Okay. We have a new temple being built right on I-80, you know, 50 mm-hmm. miles away. So, I mean, there are individuals that are born into certain religions that they, they don't believe that. They want to know something different. They want to know right. a freedom that isn't all linked with let's call it religion and sexuality. Yes. So, Which do not go together very well. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. You know, it you know, if we went back to, you know, that novel The Celestine Prophecy or or The Myths of Avalon, all those things. Well mm-hmm. those things look kinda like a orgy, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially the myths of Avalon. But there was a lot of truth to it. You know, we still have the Beltane fire time, you know, at the uh, Bal Equinox. I mean, there's still all of this stuff that somehow must be at a cellular level within us. Right. And then we then we get then we're born. And then it's as if everything that we're supposed to be evolving to become gets, I'm going to say, pushed into the back of the cell and in the beginning of the brain here the uh that frontal lobe we get told how we're really supposed to be right and that's right. very awkward you know i think i believe that's where so much of this um misunderstanding is about <clears throat> about um i'm gonna call it actually it's actually linked a lot with what I call this decriminalization. Mm. And, you know, what is this lust we have for, you know, the trafficking and all these things. But if we were just to touch on the decriminalization part, that never brings anyone public safety. It doesn't collect taxes, which guess what? That's what government wants to know. How is mm-hmm. it going to help us financially? Right. And then, of course, the public safety was never going to provide police protection. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to have just decriminalization without regulation. Okay. If, you have, if, if you have regulation, then chances are the legalization of Nevada's you know, small rural model of, of bordellos, brothels, mm-hmm. would be the way for states to go, which is what right. I'm advocating for. There's sure. still going to be all of this other, you know, illegal activity that may or may yeah. not get criminalized. But it's such a big, monstrous industry that there is no way to 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 handle it. You know, just all at once, you're just going to decriminalize. It's not right. going to solve. It's not going to solve what happens in back alleys. It's not going to solve no. the, the drug deals. But there's there's a way to take certain let's call it sensual sexual service providers and give them a place and clients or guests a place that in each state the people would know to go there yeah and so then you have the tax money helping rural communities and you have public safety in the city of wells uh, it's a very small community 12 1500 mm. people we have no oh, sex okay. crime no sex crime mm. Mm. we have we have we have none of that. We have five truck stops. We have no sex happening in the truck stops. Wow, yeah. Because the brothel's there. Right. And so, right. see, there's there's benefits. Other mm-hmm. states that are on intersections that have all these uh, 
travel plazas, Mm -hmm. right? They've got, that's all going on. Right. Oh, yeah. You're never going to, like, you're right. You're never going to stop all of that. You, there's really no way to stop all of that. It's never going to go away completely. I mean, it's just not possible. But that's so interesting that there's nothing, no sex going on within those, those truck stops and stuff because there doesn't need to be, right? They don't, they don't need to hide. No, there's a destination that they can choose instead. You know, the children are safe. Mm -hmm. There's no sex crimes going on within the community. Right, right. So, I mean, this is really has a lot of benefits for, you know, for even people that may not understand it because it's a whole different industry and easily Mm -hmm. judged. But if people have a place to go, they they can choose that Mm -hmm. over manipulating someone else or truly raping or taking advantage of someone else. Exactly. Yes. There are there are is it a perfect model? No. No, no, right. Nothing's but perfect. The ben- <laughs> no, but the benefits over mm-hmm. 70 years, no HIV. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. 50 years. We have to change that. 50. Okay. 50 over 50 years uh, legally licensed in rural communities, no HIV. That's very good. You now, know? do you think other states are ever going to be, are any that are close to considering doing what Nevada has, or is there like total resistance? Other, you know, Vermont last year adopted the Nordic law. Okay. okay. The Nordic law really doesn't work. All right. Ah. And it doesn't work because the the person selling won't be arrested, but the person buying will. Got it. Yeah. All right. So if that person buying, all right, now let's say you're, you're, you're arrested. Now there it goes in the paper. And let's say, what does that do to the rest of your life? Just because you had this interaction with someone. Right. The that also never solves what I call what what the government wants, which is tax money from right. legal industries. Sure. That's what they want first. Mm-hmm. Public safety next. Right. So if they got off of this idea, these governor or governing people that they have to be pro-sex worker because they don't. They really have to be pro-industry and public safety and let the tax money be collected. Sure. So that really would put someone in a different, um, I'm going to call it in a different place when they wanted Mm -hmm. to get reelected. Right. You know, it's an industry, even if they said, Madam Bella, present this, lead the way. And they all did a silent vote. Nobody mm, would know. Right, right. So it, yep. to me, to me, it's very logical mm-hmm. to take and have destinations for people to go. I believe would have a huge impact on what I call incel, you know, this celibacy, mm-hmm. because they, they there's no place for them to get a release, right. a chemical release. And it happens, sex happens in our head. Right. It comes out in another part of our body. Mm. But if, as I said, this this idea of how to have someone that would never normally have a partner mm-hmm. be able to release their sexuality safely. Right. And to have touch. I mean, yeah, of course, there's porn, there's masturbation, but, but yeah, they're lacking that touch from another person, that skin to skin 
And that is super important to human beings. I mean, it just is. We need it. I believe that there's some sort of science that was done that if, you know, a baby was born and they just laid it down and nobody ever touched it, it would die. Right. Okay. It would pass through. Mm-hmm. But we're the same. We do require right. that. And mm-hmm. when we and when we um, have no idea how to release these emotions, they mm-hmm. build up. They never yep. just go away. And so in my opinion, and it's probably been studied as well, very strongest energy is our sensual sexual energy. Oh, yeah. I, be- I would believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and the very lowest would no doubt be addiction. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, but, you're just going to deliver something that way. Yeah. And so at the top, if there is a, I'm going to say a, a fracture in mm-hmm. how we feel about ourselves sensually and sexually, we're going to have a very unpleasant, uh, low self-esteem life that that actually leads to, I'm going to say, more criminal-like behavior. Sure. Yeah, when you were discussing that, a crack, like if that's up at the top and it's a pyramid, I pictured, you know, there's a crack at the top, well, it's going to, crack's going to keep going down. It's not going to just stay isolated up at the top and be harmless. It's going to be affecting that entire integral pyramid or triangle, whatever you want to call it. It's going to, and it could crack all the way down to the bottom, which maybe is addiction, you know, all the way down to the bottom. And then people may fall into that. Like that's, that's what I was picturing when you said that. And then I think that's true. Yeah. That's a, that's a great visual. Yeah. Cause yeah. I can, I can see it as well. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, and here in Nevada, I said in the rural areas, okay, 50 plus years of success. Mm, right. Well, they made sure that Las Vegas and Washoe County, which is Reno, and that mm. and Carson, Carson City area, that there mm. would never be any brothels. Well, where do you, what do you think this, the number one trafficking city in the United States is? Nevada. Las Vegas. Say, yeah. Nevada. So that right there is sort of governed by some other entity that we could, I'm sure we can imagine. Yeah. That, that's never something Nevada can be proud of. Right. And, and we were always sort of that little renegade state, you know, mm-hmm. where <laughs> people could come and gamble or yes. they wanted, you know, to expedite either uh, they used to call them quickie divorces. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the marriage with the, the little wedding chapels. And yep. then, of course, <laughs> a big um, label of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, I personally believe that that's all Nevada has left to offer is this rural area uh, concept of brothels with legal courtesans because gambling's everywhere mm-hmm. lotteries everywhere cannabis yep. is everywhere yep. uh, the marriage the divorce the marriage thing well that's not a big deal anymore and right. so what do we have left that that's true has proven you know this incredible success mm-hmm. and how it's really benefited rural communities now the rural communities have their religious sectors too oh sure but they 
it would never be my intention to walk up and ask them how they feel about brothels. Right. Well, after, why Why would you do that? Exactly. Yeah, after 50-something years, they mm-hmm. like they know how it benefits the city, mm-hmm. even though it's small, and right. just don't ask right. and don't make waves. Just do the correct thing, the tax mm-hmm. money, the public safety. So, mm-hmm. you know, the even in a little communities where there's, you know, the sectors of religion and judgment or whatever, the, the brothels in Wells are there and the people want them there. They don't want to be asked to vote them out. They don't want any of that. They know that in a way it's kind of a homeostasis. You know, it's what yeah. they're used to. Sure. But, you know, there's other areas that when I came along, there were 32 brothels mm. in Nevada. And now there's okay. like ni- 19. Okay. There were communities and and powers that be that were able to close some of those okay. and okay. and many many times uh, it was because they were close to a, a navy base okay and let's say it was really good for the navy men but yeah. they you know there were people that said no we don't like that so they just mm. made them go away or you know or other areas where it was so rural on such a little lonely highway that mm-hmm. they just didn't get enough traffic to stay open. Okay. Okay. So those are some of the little things that happened. But, you know, along this I-80 corridor, or uh, of course, there's some that are in Lyon County and mm-hmm. Nye County and Story County has one. So, I mean, so there's still some, some, I'm going to say areas that presence of brothels works out really well. Okay, sure. No, I thought of a question when we first started talking, you said you had to learn to be a madam. What exactly does that mean? Like someone like me, I don't even really know what that means. I mean, does it mean you're just in charge of the whole brothel or are there other aspects to being a madam that you also have learned to do or employ or do on a daily basis? There's many hats to learning to be mm. a madam because it is a location. It's a brick and mortar mm. building. And right. yes. so, and, and there's bookkeeping. There's, there's, you know, having all the supplies that need to be there or mm-hmm. knowing how to fix things in the building as they need to be addressed. Right. Ah, gotcha. uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, when I say learn to be a madam, what I mean is the the hours and, and days and weeks that I actually was the bartender hostess uh, to learn people, sure. understand ladies, the courtesans that were choosing this as a profession. I came right. from an era I came from an era of like one night stands. We didn't, we didn't know any better, which was just sort of following all the hippie times, right? And it's so to understand that there's actually individuals that have a calling to yeah. be in service this way, which is why I call it an industry. This sure. is, it's a short career for them. This is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might be two years, it might be 10 years. At some point in time, 
courtesan has to turn that page and there is something else they're supposed to do. The ladies that work with me, and I call it behind the bar, which would be, you know, bartending, hostess, trainer, they worked for me like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. as a courtesan while I was going through all of this growth of, of how to understand young women. And remember, Ruin, that I, I come from a time in the 80s when it was actually legal to have sex without a condom. Mm-hmm. Right. And now the young ladies, when I say that to them, they go, no way. <laughs> I bet. I bet they and, do. And, you know, and and so when AIDS came along and and condoms and lube had to evolve and mm-hmm. I mean, I've been through, you know, the pimp era and the drug era and all of these different eras that helped create this madam right. that would right. go over a bridge and then go over another bridge and mm-hmm. keep keep talking about female empowerment. That if this is a career, this means the money's yours. The money is yours to learn how to budget, to learn how to invest, to go to school with, do whatever it is. This this money isn't meant to give to another individual who is expecting to take all your money. Right. Right. And so all of this for over 37 years, then COVID, and we were Mm -hmm. actually closed for seven yeah, months. I bet. And yeah. we we were COVID wasn't a sexually transmitted disease. Right. Why right. would we be closed? Right. We weren't closed when a sexually transmitted disease happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> so but during this pandemic, it was the first time ever that we actually had a break. I bet. And so I learned uh, I learned what it was like to be retired. you know and my husband was supporting me and he always did anyway but that wasn't Mm -hmm. the point the point was it was yeah I mean I had time to plant a garden and and Mm -hmm. ride my horse and do all these things (laughs) that that were important to me that I could only do every now and then and so and so it was like September of uh 2020 and we still weren't open and so I petitioned the city council of Wells to grant me an escort license. Escort. They weren't closed. Got it. And so they did. Hmm. And I mean, so people could come in and have a a drink at the bar. We could make popcorn. We could watch movies. We could, you know, it was time and companionship, Hmm. but we weren't really allowed to open until February. I'm sorry, July of 2021. But from September to July, I was an escort. Mm. And so all of these ladies were (laughs) made whole financially. And clients had places to come where they could sit next to someone. Person could reach over and touch them on the on the arm. They Mm. could truly, you know, we talked about the touch. Well, lockdown was the same thing. Oh, away. It it so, just killed so many people mentally. Their mental health just plummeted. It did. Disaster. Disaster. Complete so, disaster. So I look at all the things that I've been able to go through, to to evolve through. And what yeah. I see then is this real, I'm going to call it need. 
Mm. Not what people want, but need for this educational part of sensual Mm. sexual services to be understood differently. Yeah. And that way, something, I'm going to say something really good could come out of this horrible epidemic. Right. Pandemic. Mm -hmm. And and there is no going back to normal. Mm-hmm. You have to come to, you know, this this isn't this is really or should be a correct new way of being in these bodies. Yeah, I think we all learned a lot. I mean, yes, it was very devastating, but boy, we really did learn things, didn't we? And in that way it is sort of valuable. I don't want to call it valuable, I want to call it learning. We learned maybe because valuable makes it seem like a good thing, you know, which, you know, good things have come out of it, I think, and that people have learned how we cannot isolate ourselves. It doesn't work as human beings. We literally cannot live isolated. It's not going to work. I think at that point, we would call it maintaining, Mm -hmm. sort of. But I don't, I always look at life like a bicycle. You know, if you aren't pedaling, you might coast for a second, but cells rapidly after that mm-hmm. and that's that's what that isolation creates right yeah oh for sure they're just gonna dive i mean yeah if you're not pedaling the bike what are you gonna do you're gonna fall down <laughs> you know over. it's over that, you're gonna fall down mm-hmm. that could be part of why we hear of so many people choosing to leave the planet yes it may in my opinion it may have started mentally and and that i'm going to call it that isolation that leads to disease mm, yeah yep definitely a trigger that put people in a place where some people did progress to that yeah absolutely and the continuation of being isolated made it worse so the fact that you could do what you did and people could still come together That was probably huge for a lot of people, I would imagine. It really was, you know, and uh, when I was petitioning the city council, I said, I, you know, whatever you decide, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll honor that. Mm -hmm. However, I said, the money's going to get spent regardless. People are going to go somewhere. So Mm -hmm. they're either going to come to Wells, Mm -hmm. where they're going to buy fuel, they're going to stop at restaurants, they're going to go to little stores, they're going to go to the casino, they're going to stay in hotels or motels. Where do you want the money to be spent? Because the town was drying up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. By the end of that, that what we call lockdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of businesses ended up just completely being obliterated. They just couldn't make it, you know. So that was also very interesting to learn that the whole entire model of the world changing completely impacted business on so many levels, which is just, I mean, you know, people can study this whole lockdown thing of it. You know, there's probably so many ramifications that we don't even haven't really thought about yet. So this will probably be something people are studying for quite some time going forward of what happened and where we went. And I don't know, it is very, very mind blowing. Well, you know, we have uh, <laughs> the, the Wells brothel code is, of course, created by Wells City Council. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. always whether it's a police department or a sheriff's department that sort of enforces everything, right? Just to make sure mm-hmm. they, or it, it's just how it's written. Yep. But I remember telling the, the the sheriff, I said, look, 
if they do something really dumb, they, in 2024, (laughs) I said, please don't come knocking on my door because I am going to be open. Right, right. (laughs) You you never want to go there. Right, (laughs) you know, exactly. So, you know, but it's so funny because when I, you know, when I did go into the escort license and all of that, and, and of course I'd had that break and, Mm. and I, remember hearing this little voice inside my head and it said, well, you can check that off your bucket list now. Now you know what retirement's like. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so true. Very, very interesting for you. I'm so sure. Yes. I mean, totally. For sure. So I'm, here I am. I'm, you know, 74 years old and still the madam for now. At some point in time, someone's going to come and say, Bella, you hand me the baton now. Right. And I'll know when. But as mm-hmm. it was, it's just, I find it absolutely amazing that this would still be something I'm supposed to do, which means, Ruin, that I have more to learn. True. True. Yeah. Now I have a question. How do you, I mean, I know I've heard other people use the word courtesan before. How do you define a courtesan? Uh, in the 1500s, the courtesan was actually a courtesiana honesta, which was the very top of what I'll call the sensual sexual service provider. Okay. Mm. And in Venice, in the 1500s, they actually figured out public safety and taxation. And the tear, that is, this is the important part, the tear from the canals and the courtesans as they moved up all the way to the Cortigiana Onesta, which would have been the nobility, the upper mm-hmm. class, the wealthier, mm-hmm. the clergy, all of that. All right. Mm-hmm. And Veronica Franco is, of course, a very popular courtesan and was a Cortigiana Onesta. But mm-hmm. at a time in history when labels really matter mm-hmm. and derogatory terms like prostitute, prostitution, right. mm-hmm. where does that belong in an industry? where everyone is legally licensed by city and state and medically clear. Why would that label fit in a legal brothel? I can see it in the rest of the tiers where there may be no licensing, no medical checks, uh, nothing that differentiates The whole idea is it differentiates between illegal activity and legal activity. So courtesan means prostitute, but that term was because it was linked to the 1500s and that I'm going to call it evolving that whole idea of sensual sexual services Mm -hmm. that, oh, I just lost my place. It was good. Uh, Hang on one second. Because the upper levels of courtesans had access to literacy, they were different from even the women that married into the nobility. They could never read and write. So that put these courtesans in a different place. So in that little tier of women that work in these legal rural brothels, that they are educated, they do get criminal background checks. They, you know, they have this intelligence to understand what they're in service about, and they right. deserve a 
I'm going to call it a label, a term that helps people understand more about the requirements of being a legal, uh, I'm going to call it courtesan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Got it. Hopefully very intriguing. But no, it, that was it very is. intriguing because yeah, it's a word that's been around for a very long time, but yet I think in, in obviously culture and maybe religion, churches, the label of prostitution on those people and made it be more derogatory than elevating. And even though these women were educated and choosing to do this, they still had to put a negative spin on it because that's just what such people tend to do because they're controlling and they want to push their opinions upon everyone. They are not, as we were talking at the beginning of this, they are not (laughs) non-judgmental. They are very <laughs> judgmental. They are the opposite. Yeah. So looking at, you know, you could take a, a garbage man, okay? Well, then it became trash man. Then it became uh-huh. a sanitational engineer. Yes. So yes. Even, so I'm still petitioning the city council to change that name to courtesan on the work card that the ladies have. Got it. And, and it, I'm going to send another email because it's been since July and mm. I don't need an entire code changed. Right. I'm asking for one word. One word. Yes. You know, I you, can you, totally you pull, understand. You, you pull up the whole code and now they've got these great little ways where you type in the new word and then you push the button and you change all of them. Right. It's not a why hard should, thing. <laughs> why should that take six months? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. And so... <laughs> You know, I'm going to send another letter to the mayor and I'm going to say, could we just change that one word? We can wait for the, the lawyers to do whatever, you know, the what the right. city attorney. That's not necessary. I'm asking right. for one word. Right. I think it's considered, it's called, we now use all the time as an update. It's an update. It needs an update. <laughs> it needs oh, an updated word. Right. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you think mean, about secretaries. People don't really call them secretaries anymore. They're what administrative, administrative specialists or whatever. And you don't really hear secretary anymore. That's been updated. So why can't other other areas of labels be updated? <laughs> I think it should be, and it's a much more respectful term. Yeah, and it, you know these these ladies they spend a lot of money in town. Everyone's really nice to them, which is great. Yes, that, things good. like that are what I call evolutionary. It, it's as I'm going to call it the clock is ticking in the United States and Europe, where you know women are still, you know, being put in situations where they're they're doing this this work for a variety of different reasons mm-hmm. that aren't legal. Right. They don't have regulations that protect them. And mm-hmm. so they wind up in in situations in order to make the money that then they can't bring it up and use it really. Right. Unless they find because there's there's we got the banking thing going on. We've got all this stuff going on, right? It's yeah. Like, this is this is it's all linked. It is all linked. Yeah. Let it be. And it's the largest industry in the world. Oh, I know. What I think is weird, too, is that they'll they'll allow filming of porn in all these cities. Yet somehow, I mean, you know, like they're okay with doing that and that happening. Right. Because that's an industry, too. So 
it's kind of strange that they separate it. You know what I mean? Like you can film porn in this country or in this this state, but you can't have courtesans. Like, yeah, that's it's very odd, isn't it? When you really think about it, that is strange. Well, it tells us who's who's like the puppet who's got the strings. Right. Why are they keeping it that way? Right. All right. So what what's how is that assisting them financially? Right. It's always because, ending up about that. <laughs> yes. It's always about the dollar. Mm-hmm. It is. And aren't we aren't we really supposed to be harm to none? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think do you think that concept will catch on? <laughs> <laughs> They have a lot of difficulties. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, now we have, you know, people that are speaking up about things going on in Hollywood or, you know, mm-hmm. people all of a sudden, you know, you'll have a, oh gosh, I just forgot his name, but, you know, they wind up in a massage parlor and things like that. Well, why can't you have regulations in these places, whether right. it's a massage parlor, if they want to do a happy ending, I don't care. Just right. have some credentials. Right. You know, you're supposed right. to have a massage license, add to it, mm-hmm. put a little addendum on it. You know, mm-hmm. I can do happy endings. I can accept right. money for that. You know, condoms mandatory, whatever it is that that adds uh, what I call regulation mm-hmm. and a legalization to something that's already happening. Right. It's kind of like how we all, our culture tends to look at the pleasure of a regular massage or something like eating a strawberry, those pleasures are okay. But the minute you start talking about pleasures of the genitals, people like think it's separate. I'm like, why Why have we separated this? It's all pleasure. Why is touching your hair is a pleasant feeling different than touching the part of your body that is your genitals? Why have we separated these things? I think it's ridiculous. We weren't given taste buds to not taste strawberries. We weren't given our genitals to not feel. That's ridiculous. We were meant to feel these things. We were meant to enjoy our bodies. And pleasure gets separated when pleasure of the genitals is completely separated from the rest of the pleasures of the body. And it's odd. I think it's weird that we've done that as a culture. I truly believe that whatever this higher power is that we probably exist within Mm -hmm. never made up those rules. Exactly. Exactly. It it was somebody with arms and legs and and a warped brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) that came up with that. Absolutely. Like, do you feel guilty about enjoying a strawberry? Fuck no. Why should you feel guilty about enjoying an orgasm? It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Maybe it's whipped cream. Possibly the whipped cream that we put on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, geez. And I'm sure you run into this all the time. All these. Now, do you find, too, that do you have like a group? You know, everybody has their coworkers and stuff. Do you have any kind of like collaboration between the brothels or are you guys kind of all separated and, you know, doing your own thing on your own area? I'm I'm the one that's speaking out. All right. Okay. And. There was a man who did a lot of speaking out prior to him passing away. All right. And um, he he was never good for the industry. He was never good for this idea of what the the brothels are really about. And so after he passed away, you know, I, I, I was very sorry for the people that felt great loss. 
for this man. However, you know, I was quoted as saying that, you know, I was sorry for those beautiful souls, but that I was thanking him because he finally gotten out of my way. And it's still what it means is, is that it's a woman's industry. This idea of 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 rural legal brothels back in the okay, 70s. I have bad news. My I have bad news. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. My I don't know if it recorded all that because my went silent on my end. So I'm hoping that that's still recorded. Is there stuff you can repeat in that? It like totally went silent on me. So I had to unplug my microphone and I plugged it back in and it finally came back. So is there anything in there that I don't know? The problem is I don't know when it cut out either. Hopefully it recorded it, um, even though I couldn't hear it. Well, let's just say that whatever that is, if it's meant to be gone, it will be. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I you know you were asking about are the brothels close together and and right yeah. now, you know, the brothels are really quite far apart, okay, mm-hmm. in rural state. And okay. um, 11 of the brothels, even though they're in Elko County, which is the same county that Bella's Hacienda Ranch is in, we're still far apart. And then the other, what I call brothels, are far enough away that we just don't really communicate. And they aren't, no one that's owning them or or uh, has madams, if you will, that that are normally the representatives of the owners. No one is speaking up except for me. And okay. I'm speaking up because I'm the, the longest serving, and I love how they put living, <laughs> <laughs> madam, you know, and other madams mm-hmm. aren't owners. And I'm an uh-huh. owner for all this time. So I feel like owner and madam are linked. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I feel like uh, if a madam is, you know, representing, managing, that really mm-hmm. they're an employee. They're a manager yes, true. versus yeah. a madam. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when I look at that and I'm speaking up about this, my age at this time, what mm-hmm. I know about mm-hmm. the industry going back to pre-condoms i'm i'm the person with the most information right about how it works and why it works mm-hmm. and what to take from it and mm-hmm. utilize to to solve i'm going to say a part mm-hmm. of an industry that needs some place some locations that mm-hmm. are decriminalized uh regulated and legalized. Yeah. All right. And and by by having those small locations, it's a start for yep. giving people a place to be human correctly. Yeah. Now, do you have courtesans there that also like, to, you know, dabble into things like BDSM and that kind of stuff? And is that at any other layers of issues or is that just just another category and no big deal? It, we have, uh, you know, those guests that come in and want what I call light BDSM. Mm, sure. This isn't the, you know, the the seller type mm. of BDSM. But you know, it's it's all it's all possible there. You know, from, you know, normal type of sex work to the mm. light BDSM to, mm-hmm. you know, uh other 
other, I'm going to call it types of fantasy uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. services. It never causes problems because it's it's worked out the the experience is worked out between the courtesan and the guest, and so sure. and, and it's done so. I'm going to use the word eloquently, mm-hmm. and it may or may not be the correct word. You know where everyone is exactly in that moment without yes. any baggage from the past. Or any idea of what the future might be. It's in the moment, safe, sensual, sexual experience. Yeah. Communication. What, it is yeah. the most in communication for that moment. And so, yeah, so you're not going to have problems because, and this is an area that's lacking around the rest of the world and is messed up, is the communication in many relationships. So, you know, that is something that it needs to get better out in the real world, but that is done very well in what you do. There is full communication and yeah, it's a you different, <laughs> different thing. And it's okay to have those fantasies safely. It's okay. Yes, exactly. That this mm-hmm. isn't a right, wrong, good or bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And fantasies well, are okay. And that's something that our culture doesn't like. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty much, uh, you know, Yes, the world thinks it's half and half or just straight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> we have so much diversity on this earth. Why would we think there wouldn't be diversity in sexuality, too? That's another ridiculous mind frame that we all have, and it's just false. You know, look at all the different animals and plants on this earth. Why would it not also apply to sexuality? It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Bunch of fools. i mean seriously ignorant fools this has been such an amazing chat i really learned a lot talking with you is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to mention or say well you know any of your listeners have information you know about some let's say someone that they know that could help what we're talking about move forward a Mm. solution we need Mm -hmm. the ears of people that can help with the solution that could give give me the opportunity to help understand how and why it works and and how to help it this whole idea of i'm going to call it sensual sexual services moving forward as legal Mm -hmm. businesses in this huge industry and everybody knows somebody so that sure. it can be discussed. Nothing's going to happen overnight. No. But there's already all these illegal houses. Mm-hmm. Why not just give them a way to put that license on the wall? Right. Right. Yeah, I, just, I totally agree. See, I believe it's simple. This isn't mm-hmm. complicated. That code's kind of complicated. But, you know, interestingly enough, all right, for these counties, rural counties that have the the brothels, right? In that NRS, Nevada Revised Statute Code for all of this, there aren't really very many rules and regulations, Hmm. but it's a very long, specific, this could happen to you if you have sexual activities outside of a brothel. Inside a brothel, you're golden. 
There is no criminalization. There is nothing. Mm. You want to do this stuff outside? We can arrest you and take you down. They were very explicit about that. And then look at this big community of Las Vegas, and it's everywhere. Right. And then they want right. you know it to be like where kids can come. Right. Why would you do that without a district for this? Right. Versus the billboards and the people on the streets handing out the cards and the gals on the street scantily clad. And I mean, it's so obvious. Clean it up. Yeah, it's doable. It's doable and it would be better. Yeah, you're so right. And yep. there's so many of us. There's so many of us in this world that they can't all show up at Bella's. Platform no. too. So right. all these locations, you know, if they had more Disneyland's or or Disney worlds, the lines wouldn't be so long. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, you get your three day pass and you ride the roller coaster once, mm. because otherwise you'd be in line and you'd do it one time every day. Right. So it, this is important. It's important to give people that safe outlet. Mm-hmm. And for the ladies, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just one more thing, because this was really meant and designed for women, this mm-hmm. whole brothel. But right. it would work the same in cities or in an area for trans or for, mm-hmm. you know, other gays or other people that have other appetites. Yep. That they That's how God made them. Right. So those beautiful individuals can't work in a brothel in rural Nevada we're rural. We're we're a little redneck, if you will, on these highways. But in cities, yeah, they're safely. Then True. everybody will make their money. They can pay mm-hmm. their taxes. Right. So it yeah. that's a simple solution. It is. Mm-hmm. It really it really is. Just how to get there, I guess. Right. That's the that's the giant mountain. Well, is it how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> right. <laughs> You can, but <laughs> yep. it might take a long time, bite by bite. Uh, yes, it's that one bite at a time. So mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed this. This is wonderful. Yes, it was a wonderful chat. I really enjoyed it, too. Thank you for coming on. We'll have to do it again sometime. And and, thank you. you. Know, I'm going to add one more thing about yeah, absolutely. All, all the workers out there that just, just are beating a drum for decriminalization. And they would get farther if they would please let the powers that be know how it's going to be beneficial to them. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the step they're missing. And because they have never, let's say, run their own business legally, it's very difficult for them to understand my concept of decriminalization with regulation and legalization is preferred. You know, it's because of my 37 years. I understand that. Right. And they don't, the, yeah. Or they don't yet. Right. And so I, right. I keep mentioning it so that they just stop beating that one drum that will get them nowhere. Makes sense. Money, 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 tax. That's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah, that well, makes sense to me. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I, I just love talking about this. Yes. Oh, I'm glad that, that he reached out to me on uh, Twitter. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a topic that needs to get discussed and, and put out there. So I think it's great. So thank you for coming on. And it was really quite interesting and amazing. So thank you. Thank you. 
look forward to talking in the future. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much again. Thank you. You have a great day. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.